This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is not an invitation to make an investment and should not be construed as advice. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Investec Asset Management. Value of investments can fall as well as rise and losses may be made. It's that time of the year when the team at Investec Asset Management publish their annual investment views and that's to share their outlook for the next 12 months. You can access all of these viewpoints by going to www.investecassetmanagement.com forward slash investment views 2019. With me now is Therese Nicholson, who's global head of ESG at Investec Asset Management in London to share her views for 2019. Therese, the headline of your piece is Evolving and Expanding ESG Focus, and you say that responsible investing has now gone mainstream, and it seems to be a momentum, and it's gone from a couple of cursory paragraphs in an annual report to a serious movement. How serious is it? Well, it's very serious. It's evolved immensely over the last decade, moving from just to focus on certain specialised funds that we, that we refer to as, as SRI to actually being much more focused on an integration strategy across all asset classes, which in itself obviously raises different challenges. But we're seeing that the, the impact from considering these issues is actually becoming more and more prominent. So next year is going to be more of the same, but we're going to see more and more focus, I would say, from uh, from asset owners and also continuing this journey about how best to add value from integrating these issues. How can people take advantage of it? When I say take advantage of it, I mean embrace it, because has there been an increase in the quality and meaningful depth of ESG-related investment products over the years that you've been involved? Oh, Absolutely. We're seeing much more sort of meaningful research pieces that are looking more at the quantitative side of the ESG assessments. You get more and more organizations that are adding data teams and actually working more with the ESG data that we have today. The ESG data itself has improved immensely. Emerging markets is still very much an issue, but the quality of the information that we have at hand, the breadth and the scope of it is a lot better. So that allows us to do more assessments and also the time frame, obviously, that we have the data available is now a bit longer. It, it's not perfect. It's, it's very different, of course, from the mainstream financial space. But again, it's better than it's been before. You say in one of your points that regulators and policymakers are strengthening their messaging and focusing on more long-term sustainable capital markets and asset class, obviously. What do you mean by that? Well, the approach to managing issues has been very voluntary, I would say, uh, across the world up until fairly recently. There have been some markets that have encouraged, particularly the pension fund side, to consider when appropriate the, the ESG side of things. But something is changing, I would say, in the market over the last couple of years, particularly if you look at what's been going on on the European side, where the language and the approach is moving from a voluntary side to actual regulation. Now, much of it is still being worked out, of course, but the thing that they're focusing on is particularly an area around getting a taxonomy worked out of what actually is an ESG fund. I think we need to build trust in the market to make sure that 
we can offer these funds to people knowing that there is authenticity to them. The second thing also, of course, is to actually uh, mandate that the market integrates ESG. We're running out of time. We need to integrate a lot of these issues, particularly as it relates to issues like climate change. And I think that's one of the reasons that the policymakers are moving to a much more tougher environment. Yes, actually, that came sharply into focus recently with an interview I conducted elsewhere that said, for example, South Africa's ESCOM is barred from being invested in its bond issuance, that is, from certain countries because of ESCOM's coal burning activities. So yes, it's a great example of what you've just said. You also say we're moving towards key milestones, including the following, the UN Sustainable Development Goals SDGs, post-2020 biodiversity framework and COP26, which is looming now, it's only in 2020. But you do say that progress is mixed, but you do have hope. Yes. I mean, if we think back at the progress that we made, for example, with the Millennium Development Goals, it's not surprising that we were able to address some areas more than others because it's uh, more or less complex. Uh, If we look at the Sustainable Development Goals, which is the extension of that, what we're seeing so far is that some of those indicators, such as the poverty rate, the child mortality rate, access to electricity, etc., is improving, it's getting better. However, there are some other areas that is so far not moving in the right direction. One of them, surprisingly, perhaps is uh, the number of people that go hungry. The conflict issues are, are still an indicator that we're not seeing necessarily big improvements of. And I think perhaps most importantly, the environmental side of things, the degradation of a lot of our natural capital is still moving along a fairly negative trajectory. So that's where you have the mix of development, if you like. Now, what's really important for this next year is for all of us to think about how much we have achieved and and where the gaps are for some of these milestones. We will have been uh, having the SDGs for about five years. That's a third of the way uh, to 2030. And it's a time for reflection about are we being efficient about how to think about applying these frameworks The other thing I want to say to that is that 2020 is also an important milestone, of course, for climate and carbon management. We know that we're running out of time in terms of, well, facing potentially runaway climate change. And 2020 is one of those milestones, but we have to see, we must see some form of curbing of our carbon emissions in order to have any chance of staying within that very critical two-degree limit, which is what we're all aiming towards. And it's looking a little bit gloomy. If you look at the IPCC report that came out a couple of months ago, But we have all the tools at hand. There's nothing new that we need to invent. But it's not a matter of doing A or B or C. It's doing A, B and C and the rest of it. All of the tools that we have at hand. Yes, and A, B and C right now. I found it very impactful and actually quite moving to see Sir David Attenborough standing up at the recent climate conference in Katowice in Poland, of all places, which is now burning more coal than it ever has, I I think, and standing up and giving that speech, which I think would have been a wake-up and a clarion call for the leaders there. Hopefully, they'll do something about it. Let's go now to ESG in emerging markets. Is that a problem? Well, ESG and emerging market is obviously a bit different. You understand that they are on a different development curves and they feel that we've already obviously used up all of our rights to emit because we have developed, etc. So we have to be 
smart and think about an alternative to allow them still to grow and to have their citizens to have the same or similar sort of standard of living that we do. So, And this is the, 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 the central challenge to sustainable development, the way that we have grown over the last couple of decades. The acceleration of economic growth that has come with that has come to a great price and, and it's putting up limitations in terms of the planet actually telling us that there is no more room to use the natural resources or to emit or to abuse the planet that we have. So I have to rethink the way that the economy works together with society and the natural environment. And this is the central challenge to, to sustainable development. And it's possible, but obviously, like all of these global challenges, it's, it's very difficult to come up with a way that cooperation and collaboration just produces winners across the board. There will be winners and losers in this, and particularly moving over to a, a low-carbon economy, uh, changing our energy systems. There will be costs of, of various forms, short term, the transformation, transition costs will be there. But longer term, it is a much better, of course, alternative and cheaper alternative than what the existing trajectory would, would face for so, us. Finally, how have you and your colleagues at Investec Asset Management embraced ESG and ESG investment products? How do you position yourselves? Well, we believe that... Our origination in Africa and having a lot of these issues at our doorstep together with the private markets work that we have done has given us a particular insight into the, how to do real impact, impact investing. So now when we're thinking about new strategies, sustainability investing products, etc., that is the space, not necessarily in Africa per se, but that approach in terms of looking at an extra financial, measurable extra financial return, either from a social or an environmental perspective, is where we find a lot of comfort or expertise. Therese, thank you very much for your insight. That's Therese Nicholson, who's the Global Head of ESG at Investec Asset Management based in London. In South Africa, Investec Asset Management is an authorised financial services provider.